and welcome to the second War Films podcast. With the War Films podcast, we're looking at ten different war films. This follows on from our Adventure Films podcast, where we looked at ten classic adventure films. My name's Garen Ewing. I'm a comic artist and writer and illustrator, and I'm doing this podcast with my brother, Murray Ewing. Hello, I'm Murray. Um, I'm a writer. I do music as well. Um, I have a blog called Musings, which you'll find linked to on the podcast page. And we should say that this podcast includes spoilers. All our podcasts include spoilers because we discuss the film in some detail. Um, we're not expert film historians, nor are we uh, war historians. Yeah. <laughs> so please excuse our ignorance on various matters. And I think especially with this film, we're looking at Platoon, uh, Oliver Stone's 1986 film about Vietnam. And Vietnam is something that I know very little about. Not that I'm an expert on any war, yeah. but World War Two is kind of something I grew up totally immersed in comics, films, books, playing it, making models, playing with toy soldiers was all uh, soldiers was all World War Two stuff. Uh, Vietnam came later. Yeah, and of course, it's uh, both of us, as you can tell, are Brits, and of course, <laughs> Vietnam is an American war. Um, we refused to intervene. <laughs> I think the British were asked, but well, actually, I say it's an American war, but of course, it's it was a uh, something I've read pointed out is that the Hollywood version is you do get a lot of Americans in Vietnam, but of course there was the Vietnamese, the South Vietnamese fighting the North Vietnamese, Australians and French both had um, yes, well, it large was French, French Indochina, wasn't it? And that's yeah. where it all came from. And in fact, the Americans supported the South Vietnamese yeah. for a long time before they actually got involved. Yeah, in fact, it's a very long, drawn-out conflict. I yeah. think if you look at the actual dates, I can't remember what they it's are. 20 now. years or something. Yeah. In fact, I think Ho Chi Minh, the North Vietnamese leader, said, I'm going to paraphrase here, something like, if the Americans want to make war, we'll make war for 20 years, but if they want to make peace, we'll invite them round for a cup of tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, though... This, in contrast to the film we covered last episode, yeah. which was The Guns of Navarone, which was very much a mission-driven story, you know, it was all about a crucial point in a, a conflict, this is much more about a personal view of what it means to be a foot soldier in a platoon fighting in a war. Yeah. So it's less about, like, a decisive turning point, it's more about the daily grind and the horrors of war from a personal Yes. Point of view. In fact, watching Platoon, I almost felt guilty about watching and enjoying The Guns <laughs> of Navarone because that's such a fairly, a, 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 a relatively frivolous adventure yeah. entertainment. <clears throat> and then you watch something like Platoon and suddenly you're seeing people's arms being ripped yeah. off. Um, you know, in, in, in Navarone, someone will be shot and they'll just go, ah! and yeah, fall over and, and there'll be hundreds of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a German falling off a cliff another German falling off a cliff with this it was much more the horror of war yeah. and uh, suddenly the tone changes doesn't it yeah, it's, that was a very heroic story and it's right to talk about heroes in war but yeah. also there's you've got to have the other side of it which is the horrors of it and yeah the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vietnam is something was actually a war going on when we were both alive of course because uh, it ended in 1975, although I think the US withdrew in 73, I think. Yeah. And my introduction to Vietnam, well, may maybe I saw a film, I can't yeah. remember, but actually I, it was a film that made me more aware of the political aspect of Vietnam, which was Woodstock. 
Oh, right, yeah. Which was quite an important film in my own history because that introduced me to a lot of the kind of music I like. Yeah. So a lot of that late 60s mm. um, music, which I really love, the classic gigs of that time mm. were, were very much also <clears throat> counterculture yeah. events that included a lot of, of anti-war sentiment yes. and songs, in fact. Mm. So Platoon was made in 1986 and is... One of Oliver Stone's early films. Um, yeah, in fact, it was a film. Platoon is based very much on Oliver Stone's personal experience of Vietnam. Right. Um, in fact, the character of uh, Chris Taylor, played by Charlie Sheen, who's the main character. Yeah. In in the uh, in Oliver Stone's commentary, he quite often talks about him as I. You know, so that's basically him. Right. A lot of it seems to be quite autobiographical. Like Oliver Stone, like Charlie Sheen's character volunteered to go to Vietnam. Yes. Dropped out of college and right. volunteered. He turned up on his 21st birthday. <laughs> and so, the, the and the film takes place in 1967, I think, doesn't it? The end of 1967. It starts in 67, yeah. yeah. Um, it goes to, like, this one New Year's Day, 1968, one of the captions is. So. Because American soldiers, I don't know if this was across the board, but most of them served for one year. Yes. And throughout the film, we get quite a few soldiers referring to how many days they've got left. Yeah. And Charlie Sheen's character, Chris Taylor... At one point, says, you know, I've still got 332 yeah. left or something. <laughs> and there's a couple of characters later. There's a, there's a, a character who's got three days left. Yeah. And he, he um, actually asks his the sergeant if he yeah. can, you know, can I go now? Because I've got a bad go, feeling. <laughs> yeah. They're just about to go into a major conflict at that yeah. point. And he thinks, can I go now? Yes. But, oh, of course, another rule is um, if you get shot twice, I think you can, you're... Which is what happens at the end of the film. Right. If you get wounded twice. <laughs> yeah, wounded twice. If yeah. you get shot twice, you might be dead. <laughs> yeah. Then, then, well, then you're out, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that happens to Chris Taylor, doesn't it? He yes, does. yeah, that's how he ends. So he doesn't do his full year. Mm. Did that happen to Oliver Stone, do you know? Was he wounded? Or? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. The, um, a lot of it is based... Oh, he very... actually... You know, he, I've just seen in my notes. Um, he, yeah, he was wounded twice. Though it does say in the film that Sergeant Barnes has been shot seven times. So yes, that's Tom to... Berenger. He's got yeah. a massive scar down the side yeah. of his face and is a bit of a psycho, yeah. <laughs> perhaps. Just about, do you know anything about the origins of the film? Because I, I did read that this was a script he wrote very early on. Yes. And then tried to get made in his early years of trying to get into films. It didn't quite happen. Yeah, there was, he wrote it, yeah, I think it was pretty much, he said he wrote it in the 1970s, very early. And first he went around Hollywood saying, oh, I've got this film about Vietnam. And they said, no one wants to see a film about Vietnam. <laughs> then there was The Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now, which were immensely um, successful, both critically and in terms of box office. Right, that was 1978 and 79. Yeah. So uh, post-Vietnam War. Yeah. And so then people, then Hollywood executives said, well, we think the Vietnam film has reached its high point with those two <laughs> films, so there's no point in doing another film about Vietnam. It's like he had the complete, you know, polarised yes. thing. No one wants to see about Vietnam. <laughs> in 1968, there was a film made by John Wayne. Yeah, the Green um, Berets. The Green Berets. And, yeah. and he made that almost as a reaction to the anti-war sentiment. Right, yeah. Um was it Charlie Chaplin said something about I, when he was accused of being a communist? He said, "I'm about as communist as John Wayne's right foot," or something like that, <laughs> because John Wayne was um, yeah. very much a—I don't want to use the phrase "right wing," but doesn't yeah. um, he that high? conservative and quite hawkish. Yeah. As as perhaps you'd expect John Wayne, although sometimes you're surprised by the real lives of the actors. But anyway, he was yeah. very patriotic very hawkish and 
he actually initiated the project of the Green Berets. He was a co-director. He wanted it made, and it was very much um, propaganda yeah. for the war, which was in full swing. In fact, in fact, it was it was released in 1968, the time when Platoon yeah. actually happens. And I think Oliver Stone wanted um, to make a film that reacted against that. Of course, showed the reality of it because yeah. that was apparently a very. I haven't seen it, but it's a very heroic version. Yeah, I've only seen the poster, and yeah. it, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it looks. It's got that Guns of Navarone vibe. Yeah. That I think, you know, this elite squad goes into Vietnam and, yeah, whatever. I don't know, so I better not talk about it, really. <laughs> but there were... Um, let's just talk about some of the other Vietnam films because most of the ones I've seen are like Platoon. Are yeah. Quite, the Deer Hunter. Um, Apocalypse Now, which I think you know a bit more it's about. It's one of my favourite films, right. yeah. <laughs> Is that, was that based on Heart of Darkness? Yes, Conrad's? yeah. Is it an adaptation of it? Or is it... The basic storyline is very much the same. They because uh, obviously, Heart of Darkness wasn't about Vietnam. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was set in the Belgian Congo. Right, and it was yeah. basically about a where how the the Europeans had gone over to um, the Congo and exploiting the country, and one of them had found that the best way to exploit the country was to pretty much set himself up as a local god. Right, to a tribe. So it's quite like Tintin in the Congo, then. <laughs> 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 Could be, <laughs> but in Apocalypse Now, you've got um, a sort of super soldier um, who who basically sets up himself in Cambodia rather than Vietnam, and um, sets himself up as a sort of local god to right. Vietnamese or yeah. Cambodian troops, and is winning the war in his own way. <laughs> and another one which came out a year after Platoon was Full Metal Jacket, which was Stanley oh, yes. Kubrick, yeah, and. When coming up with the ten films, I wasn't sure whether to go for Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket or Platoon. Mm. I went for Platoon because I remember it making more of a impression on, impression on me than mm. Full Metal Jacket, although I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. But also, we've got another Stanley Kubrick film in the ten, which is um, Paths of Glory. So, yeah. so that's kind of why I went for Platoon. Good Morning Vietnam. Yes. <clears throat> also 1987. That was a very popular film, but it was a... A bit more feel-good overall. Maybe yeah. not feel-good's not the right word, but certainly more entertaining. It did have its yeah. war is hell side, yes. of course. It was still... That was the vibe of it uh, with Robin Williams. And also Forrest Whitaker was in it. Oh, was he? Yeah, who he was who in is in as Platoon well. as well. Yes. Born on the 4th of July, which was Oliver Stone's second in his sort of Vietnam trilogy. trilogy. Yes, yeah. Have you seen that one? I think I, I might have. Tom I Cruise. I don't remember it much, yeah, as a vet, well, a Vietnam vet. I, yeah, uh, it's based on the autobiography of uh, Ron Kovic. And I've seen that a couple of times, oh. but I get it mixed up with another film I've seen a couple of times, which is Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was thinking about this, I thought, why do I? And the reason is because Born on Fourth of July has Tom Cruise most of the time in a wheelchair. yeah. Uh, and you know, quite an angry sort of Vietnam vet. <laughs> and in Forrest Gump, although he's not in a wheelchair, Tom Hanks, see, they're both Tom as well. It makes it very confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he looks after his yeah. um, com- unit commander. Who's he's very embittered. Yeah, and, and, and in a wheelchair. Yeah. And so I, I get those mixed up. Oh, yes. And another one was Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a favourite film of mine. Although that's difficult to think of as a Vietnam because most of it's after Vietnam. Is that right? It yeah. starts in Vietnam. Yeah, it's one of those, wounded technically, or... it's, it all takes place in a, 
Oh, yes. I'm not going to spoil. We won't spoil later. that one. We're going to spoil but Platoon. It, it does not... begin, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to spoil it. We're going to spoil Platoon. I mean, it's interesting that a lot of the films about Vietnam, which we're thinking of, you know, like Rambo as mm. well, are about the, I've never seen the after effects. Have you seen Rambo? I don't think so, no. <laughs> but they're about the after effects of Vietnam. They're right. about the veterans, you know, the deer hunter, yeah. for instance. I mean, it could be it. said that... And Taxi Driver as well. Oh, right, yes. All, all <laughs> Vietnam films are the Americans trying to work out, because, of course, they lost the war. <laughs> in in effect, didn't yeah. they? they withdrew. Certainly, there it. was no decisive win. It was no. It wasn't a clean war. No, although the communists ended up with Vietnam mm. um, a couple of years after the Americans withdrew. Mm. So, okay, so that's the kind <clears throat> of scene of Vietnam films um, directed by Oliver Stone. Now we said he made a kind of trilogy, with yeah. Platoon being the first, Born on the Fourth of July being the second, and the third one was, which I haven't seen, was called Heaven and Earth. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. 1993, and that was based on the autobiography of Lee Lai Hayslip, who was a Vietnamese villager, who a woman who eventually, I think, married an American serviceman and went uh, to the States and then right. returned. Yeah. Um, so that actually sounds very interesting. Oliver Stone, of course, made... A lot of other big films, Wall Street, The Doors, JFK, Natural Born Killers, and Nixon. Yeah. It's interesting having JFK and Nixon. Yeah. Uh, it was Nixon, I think, who put the troops into... Uh, oh, no, no, it was Lyndon B. Johnson who actually oh, put... Right. Who escalated the ground war or, or began the actual... There were US troops already in Vietnam, mm. but it was Johnson who actually started the ground war, as, yeah. as it was. Yeah, Nixon, Nixon took office in 1968. So yeah, that was the year after the second year of this of Platoon. Are you an Oliver Stone fan? Um, uh, no, I've never really... I mean, I've seen films of his, like Natural Born Killers, um, when they came out in the cinema. Yeah. Um, I've, and The Doors as well. I've never really sort of got the measure of him. He also did a TV series in the Wild Palms. Oh, right, yeah. Um, which I think was about virtual reality. Right. Um, yeah, I've never really sort of... Some directors, you know what they stand for. I'm not so sure with them. I've always Oliver had Stone. the impression of Oliver Stone, perhaps because he made JFK, that he was a, a bit of a conspiracy Yeah, that's something I've got as well. But he did make a documentary on... Or, or, no, no, an actual... Oh, sorry, not a documentary, a film on 9-11. Ah. Um, and I think he didn't go for the sort of truther. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> um, so maybe he might not be. Um, well, now, what was the other one? Well, he did a film about... George Bush actually called. I think was it just called W. I never <laughs> right, saw it, him, but yeah. thought, so so American presidents seem to be. Was it a comedy? <laughs> but he's a very very liberal um, oh, right. director, so he does have that a lot of good through that. But perhaps sometimes leans a bit heavily into the conspiracy yeah. theory stuff. But I might be I might in be a, wrong about that. In a way, you can't blame him because the whole Vietnam experience and then coming back and the Nixon Watergate experience yeah. and of course the death of JFK it was a whole I mean the tagline of this film is uh, yeah. something about the loss of innocence isn't it right and you could say that it's not just Vietnam but it, politically at home America had this huge loss of innocence experience yes and, and I, I believe actually one of Johnson's things with the Vietnam War was was that they they didn't they weren't very open and honest as a lot of governments aren't dur during an actual war. It's more about propaganda and just saying the good bits. But I think it was kind of obvious to the American public that that's not what was going on, and so yeah. um, he lost the distrust. But going back to the conspiracy theory thing, I know the Gulf of Tonkin incident cited by a lot of conspiracy theorists as a false flag oh, right. um, event, um, which I think it's been pretty much 
it's proved that that's the case yeah. since then. But of course, if you're conspiracy theorists, you wouldn't believe that yeah. because it's all a cover up. Anyway, let's should we get on to the actual yeah film? Um, I'll just a little a little interesting tidbit about the production company, which was Hemdale Film Corporation. Yeah. And they started out as a talent agency who helped launch Black Sabbath, and yes. <laughs> right, <laughs> good for them. <laughs> um, and in fact, they released about nine films in 1986, so they were, wow. uh, although they went bankrupt, uh, I think, a few years later, mm. um, not because of these films, as far as yeah. I know, but, but um, they, they, the late 80s, they produced a lot of films. Mm. So the film opens with... The arrival in Vietnam. Yes. Um, of raw... Well, of cherries, as I think they referred to <laughs> later. Um, yeah, this is something Oliver Stone says was part of his experience, is you go over there and immediately you find that you're not being treated, you're not being treated with kid gloves at all. As a new person, you're in fact, the other, you're shoved in a platoon and they don't really care about you. Yeah. You expect to be sort of introduced a bit to the world, but no, they don't care. They're just interested in getting their 365 days done. And if you haven't been there surviving for a while... In a way, that makes you less valuable because you haven't earned respect, or you. Yeah, you don't know the ro- the, the ropes, as it were. Yeah. I mean, in a, a scene shortly afterwards, we find Charlie Sheen's character on point, which means he's right in front of all the rest of the platoon walking, and that yeah. happened a lot to. Um, ah, right. The newbies. Yes. In a way, because they were more expendable. Yes. I mean, this is an extremely um, cynical view of it. But yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't know the, the ropes, you know, they're less valuable to the whole platoon. Yes, yeah. And I guess also there's no uh, relationship there yet. And, and yes. you probably didn't want to. Yeah, you don't <laughs> know if you can trust your... You know, you need to be able to trust your fellow platoon yeah. fellow soldiers in that sort of situation. I guess because um, soldiers were only there for a year, mm. in, in general, you didn't get many experienced people there. Yeah. And so that actually wasn't very good for having experienced troops yeah. yeah i mean i know in you know, my my area of speciality as far as military matters concerned is the second afghan war and it was the troops who had been in india a long time yeah. who were the the best troops oh, right. ones who had just come over yeah from england quite often especially for the afghan war so they needed new recruits were quite weak yeah, they'd yeah. suddenly be hit by all the diseases that India could oh, throw of course, at them. Yeah. Whereas the others have been hardened, yeah. um, both to the weather and the diseases. And this must have been the same. Mm. Of course, the, the first thing that happens here is they see, they've just got off a plane, and they see what's outgoing, which is yeah. body bags. Yes. Now, it's later you see wind blow the body bags yeah. off. Yeah, in fact, um, the military advisor and his, uh, who did a commentary to the DVD and who, who plays a captain later on. Mm. Um, Telephone man, as I thought of him, because he's always on the phone. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, was in one of the body bags. He says, there's oh, no right. way to make it... Uh, there's, there's only one way to make a body look like a body, and that's to have a body. <laughs> that's, that's Dale Dye. Yes, uh, yeah. He's right. quite interesting because uh, he was in 31 combat missions in Vietnam yeah. and four Purple Hearts, and he founded something called Warriors, Inc., which specialised in training actors for realistic military portrayals yeah and platoon was one of his early yes projects and of course he was actually in it and he went on to do the novelization of platoon oh did he uh, he was an author wow. as well <laughs> yeah so he was he was well in there <laughs> listening to his commentary is very interesting uh, both his and oliver he and oliver stone do separate commentaries on the dvd i had right um and he's can i just say much... all i had was interactive menus which <laughs> I, I was quite excited about and a trailer which i decided to save for a special occasion 
He's obviously very knowledgeable. I mean, he was the advisor on all the... They said in this film they made a lot of effort to get all the details right, mm. even down to, like, the design of the latrine, for instance. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But both his and Oliver Stone's commentaries are really interesting yeah. in different ways. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. Okay, so, yes, as Charlie Sheen comes off the plane, he's, he's very clean, yeah. young-looking, fresh, <clears throat> and as well as the dead bodies, which are being treated with... Yeah, these are not in coffins draped with the American flag. Yeah, that's true. Yes. They're being grabbed by soldiers and swung into the next yeah. thing to be put on the planes and shipped. There's, these are just <sighs> bags of meat, really, to put it yeah. crudely. But there's a great bit where a soldier walks by who's oh, yes. blackened as if he's, you know, uh, with with dirt and I mean he looks like a zombie. Yes. And the look he gives Charlie Sheen and the look <laughs> Charlie Sheen gives him yeah. is a Incoming start. and outgoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like um, this is the transformation. You know. And of course, Charlie Sheen looks pretty much like that by the end of the film, yes, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, just another point about, of course, Charlie Sheen, um, the son of Martin Sheen, yes. <laughs> who was in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, in fact, Charlie Sheen was in Cambodia where they filmed Apocalypse Now with his father. Oh, right, right. Um, as a young kid. And this was bef- way before Charlie Sheen went. Slightly doolally oh, did he? with his winning or whatever. I don't. I've only seen internet memes about that. I haven't oh, seen the original stuff. Anyway. Interestingly, uh, Oliver Stone wanted Emilio Estevez. Oh, first. his brother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because Sheen is not their original. It's yeah. Estevez is their family name, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yes, and we're pretty quickly into the jungle. Yes, with the. Uh, yeah, this is where we, of course, get to see how the the newbies don't know anything. Yeah. They carry too much equipment. He's got books and things yeah, in his bag, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, it reminds me of when I went on a cub camp, <laughs> and my bag was about three times bigger than everyone else's. And when we did an inventory, I saw why, because they all had the essentials. And I brought books, comics, and my um, one-foot-tall Darth Vader doll. <laughs> <laughs> which, which might have proved useful. That would have been me know. in Vietnam. They're <laughs> 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 carrying too much. What's Darth Vader doing? Who is Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, we see... I mean, I, I don't think I survive in the jungle because we very quickly see snakes. I, I don't think I'm too bad, although I haven't had much yeah. um, personal um, interaction with snakes, but spiders <laughs> I wouldn't be too pleased about. And especially he ends up with ants crawling yes. underneath his uniform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently getting bitten, um, you know, constantly bitten. Yeah. Is one of the, um, constantly rained on. Uh, These yes. all things, you know, you think about war, the main thing is to fight the enemy, but constantly you're fighting the environment. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's another thing about the Afghan war. Just sorry to keep referencing that, but it's my mm. main experience is, you know, over half the casualties were disease and... Yeah, cholera, mm. sunstroke, yeah. things, never mind the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sort of in at the deep end. First we get, well, actually, obviously the film's called Platoon. Mm. So it's about um, a group of people. A platoon is, I can't remember, I looked it up now. Is it two... Wait, I know we've got two sergeants. Yeah. Which are the kind of the most in, two of the most interesting characters. And then there's a lieutenant. Yeah, the lieutenant. I should say lieutenant for, yeah. for Vietnam. <laughs> lieutenant. Yeah, in fact, a lot of the... F- the film is about the two the difference between the two sergeants we've got sergeant barnes played by tom berenger yeah who has a scar because he's a street fighter as good well scar as, as well isn't yeah it? i mean fact, i i thought it's not real is it no, no. <laughs> but i remember uh watching it thinking it was real yeah it's so good yeah uh, apparently um they only managed to do the makeup quickly because of a glue developed uh for the vietnam war oh, I see. <laughs> or, uh, you know so that was part of his makeup yeah um so he is a really hard-bitten... Both of the sergeants are sort of successful soldiers. They yeah. know the environment, they know the war, and they are both 
heroic. And slightly psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sergeant Barnes is certainly... Um, Off the scale. Yes. <laughs> He's uh, quite a scary character, yeah. isn't he? Because he doesn't seem to have any empathy. Yes, that's right, yeah. He may very well be a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas opposite that, we've got Willem Dafoe's Sergeant Elias, mm. who is much more caring, even though he is also just as capable a soldier. Yes. I mean, he's also got that cold killer aspect. He's yeah. tough, but he does have empathy, very much so. Yeah, so he's the one who... I think he's not in charge of Charlie Sheen's character. No. But he's the one who says, look, I'll take out... Not only does he say, you don't need this in your pack, but he says, I'll carry it yes, for you, which yes. is something, you know, which Sergeant Barnes wouldn't do. He'd probably just throw the stuff away. Yeah. Yeah, they, they originally wanted uh, an American native to play Sergeant Elias. Oh, right. Which I think might be because... Of these are characters based on Oliver Stone's own uh, people he knew. Yeah, I don't know how much, but how much based on that. But and so this was a Native American, mm. but they couldn't find an actor to take the role. So they had Willem Dafoe, right? Who's at the time known more for um, playing evil roles, apparently. <laughs> yes, although this was quite an early film, and a lot of these. Yeah, I mean these are young actors, of course. Yeah. So it it was a film that kickstarted a lot of their careers. Yeah. They'd done stuff before, but this was. Yeah, I mean platoon was nominated for eight Oscars, and it yeah. won four. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Sound, and Best Film Editing. And both Boehringer and Defoe were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yes, you can see why as well. Yeah, yeah. so both very good for your career. Yeah. <laughs> I know Charlie Sheen wasn't nominated. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose he, he's, he's, he's the sort of bland hero type yeah. role. He's the, more yeah. of a point-of-view character, yes. so you can't have him too no. different a character. No, that's right. No. Sort of unfortunate for him. Anyway, so we get to see them tramping through the jungle, which is horrible. I mean, yeah. and like at one point you see them going up a slope and sliding down it, and you just get oh, yeah. to yeah. know how much weight was in these packs and just yes. what a slog it is. Yeah. And then they get to the end of the day, and they have to dig a foxhole, and of course the um, experienced troops just get the newbies to dig. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that hole ain't going to dig itself, they say. <laughs> and we've got Charlie Sheen writing letters to his... His grandmother. Yes. There wasn't really much put in this, but there seemed to be some ambivalence towards his parents, or, or definitely his right. father. Yeah. Um, because he seems to say, pass on my love to my... Well, sometimes he says mother and father, but there's a little bit more focus on mother. Uh, do you know if that's anything to do with Oliver Stone's background, or is that... Yeah, no, I'm not really sure about right. that. Um, mm. I mean, one thing that he says later is that he dropped out of college because he thought he wasn't learning anything. Yeah. I think this is true of Oliver Stone, too. Right. And came to Vietnam... He says, because um, he didn't this see why... This is Charlie why, Sheen's yeah, character just, saying this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a couple of scenes later, but um, he says he didn't see why it was all the sort of, um, what we'd call the working class characters. Yeah. Uh, people had to fight <laughs> the war, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so he's obviously a, an idealist in some way, and has sort of dropped out... Well, actually not dropped out in the traditional way, in the sort of hippie way, but yeah. he's dropped out of college yes. and run away to join the army. Yeah, yeah which goes against his fairly privileged... Yeah. Upbringing, I guess. So you can imagine that the, the, the. So there could be some parental. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense, actually. I mean, Oliver Stone says in his commentary that um, it, even though it was a war w where anyone was signed up, in, in practice, uh, middle class kids and above had a get out clause where they could say, I'm going to college instead. Right. right. Uh, whereas the less privileged couldn't say that, and so they were shipped out. Yeah. And so most uh, of the soldiers were yes. from less privileged backgrounds. I guess I mean, I've always been sheltered and special. I just want to be anonymous, like everybody else. Do my share for my country. Live up to what Grandpa did in the first war, and Dad did in the second. Well, here I am, anonymous, all right, with guys nobody really cares about. They come from the end of the line, most of them. Small towns you never heard of. 
Pulaski, Tennessee, Brandon, Mississippi, Pork Band, Utah, Wampum, Pennsylvania. Two years high school's about it. Maybe if they're lucky, a job waiting for them back in a factory. But most of them got nothing. They're poor, they're the unwanted, yet they're fighting for our society and our freedom. It's weird, isn't it? At the bottom of the barrel, and they know it. Maybe that's why they call themselves grunts, because a grunt can take it, can take anything. They're the best I've ever seen, Grandma, the heart and soul. There's a scene where Private Gardner, who's a slightly chubbier, yeah, season movie. Um, yeah, as well. it shows Taylor a picture of his girl back home. Yeah. And as soon as he did that, I thought, oh, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that he's not going to last long, but they need to get some yeah. um, pathos into his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so after they dig into the night, they then go out on a, a patrol, is it? I can't remember. Right, yeah. And soon find themselves camping in the jungle. Charlie Sheen's character is given a watch. Yep. He's put on watch, rather. Yes. He stays awake through it, but um, then gives the the night sight to uh, one of the more experienced soldiers who promptly just goes to sleep. Junior. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Whereupon they're attacked. Yes. And this is something Oliver Stone But Junior blames... Yes. Afterwards And, of course, he can get away with it, because everyone would blame the newbies for falling asleep. Oliver Stone says he this is an experience he had. I think he did fall asleep. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Right. <laughs> but he did say that when he saw the uh, Viet Cong soldiers coming towards him, he was completely frozen. Yes. Um, Which does, Charlie Sheen just yeah. does look. They're just these sort of silhouettes. that are yeah. scary, actually. In fact, throughout the film, you don't get a clear look of any of no. the North Vietnamese army uh, soldiers' faces. Yes. Their shadows or their blurs going by. And there's this scary aspect of, I mean, the jungle. Yes. <laughs> is, is, I would hate to fight in a jungle. I'd hate to fight anywhere. But <laughs> a, a jungle just seems so confusing. And I always had this feeling of when everyone's rushing into the jungle and they're saying, you go this way, you go this way, we'll do this. I yeah. thought, you're just going to see someone come out of a tree and shoot them. And Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a scene later on where um, Charlie Sheen's character is, is on point, yeah. walking along, and the sergeant comes up behind him and says... Look, there's a uh, oh yeah, uh, a bunker, and it's only it's right, right in front, in front of, him. of him. He said, and yeah, it's another thing it. they say that yeah. you can be walking through a jungle, and there can be a Viet Cong soldier right in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> and all these trip wires and things. Yes. I mean, I, you'd have to go at a snail's pace, which you mm. can't, of course, because you've got to keep going. Yeah. Now, in that attack that we were just talking about, that's where <clears throat> Gardner does get killed, yes. doesn't he? Um, so there's the first new guy gone. And uh, Charlie Sheen's character gets wounded, doesn't he? Very slightly. I mean, he, he overreacts. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me the truth, tell me the yeah. truth. Is it is he, it serious? He thinks he's going to die, but meanwhile, Gardner is dying. Yeah. yeah. Although he does get, actually, that he does get shipped off to hospital, oh, Charlie right. Sheen, doesn't he? That's his first yes, yeah. wound. So yeah. I guess it was more than a, just a, a scratch. Yeah. There's a couple of phrases in this film that I don't know if they came from this film or, or they were probably... I guess they were... They it, were yeah. Well, I guess they were actual Vietnam phrases. So it's lock and load. Yeah. <laughs> and tag em and bag em, mm-hmm. which is for the dead, of course. I would say that was one of the things that sort of put me off Vietnam films. I, I, of, of war <laughs> films, I was sort of put off for them a bit. Yeah. And Vietnam films in particular, just because there was this, there seemed to be this fetishization of all their sort of catchphrases and. Yeah. Clicking guns, you know, and all this. I mean. There's this I, kind of swagger, but of course, yeah. the swagger covers up the reality of what yeah. you're having to deal with, the the fear. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm just going to leap ahead to a scene here. Um, we're talking about the fear. There's a bit where they come across a, a Vietnamese village 
and Charlie Sheen gets very aggressive towards yes. one of the villagers who's been hiding. And they've both got fear that what, the Vietnamese chap is just smiling. Mm. And there's a kind of a fear where you can't help but just smile. Yes. It's the kind of thing that sometimes happens um, at funerals. <laughs> yeah, there's a strange emotion where you end up smiling even though yeah. you don't. It's I, I don't know. It's complicated, but that I've seen that happen. Yeah, and I think it's the same with fear. You just yeah. end up almost laughing or smiling. And Charlie Sheen, his fear comes out in aggression. Yeah, but you can see he's scared stiff. Mm. So a lot of this aggressive macho posturing, in fact, I think probably all of it, mm. is to is to hide the underlying fear of everybody. Yeah, no matter what your rank or experience. I just think that. Pretty much, you were terrified 100% of the time. Yeah. And then suddenly, you'd have these bursts of completely confusing violence. I mm. mean, it was, it was, you know... And that's probably true of Tom Berenger's character as well, actually. I mm. think there's probably a fear there, and he's basically just shut off part of his character to deal mm. with it, part of his um, psyche to deal, you know, to deal with it. And, that, and that's the empathy. You don't want empathy, because... Yeah. You're going to lose your friends, your colleagues, yeah. and you're going to be killing people. Yeah, you can't be thinking about, oh, my poor... No. By poor soldiers. You've no. just got to use them as or the, pawns. Or even the poor villagers. or the Yeah. Even the enemy, you think. <laughs> Once you start thinking they've got a family at, and children at home or something, you you can't. Yeah. So, yes, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen comes back from his um, yeah. hospital stay and is immediately put on the latrine yeah. training <laughs> duty, which looks pretty horrendous. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> that what they actually did is they, they drag out these huge half-oil barrel type things yeah. full of human waste yeah. and then burn them they, they would put oh, petrol they on did? them and then just light them up well yeah i guess it's one way of doing it but uh <laughs> yeah well, what else, well, well yeah yeah now the crucial part about this section is this is where we see the platoon bonding as people yes they're back at base so they're not out at the moment but we see them divided into two groups yeah and apparently this was something that you yeah. actually find the stoners and the straits yeah so or <laughs> well, the straits tended to drink He's, um, Oliver Stone said he noticed that there was a certain type of people who they'd drink rather than take drugs. Right. Listen to country music. <laughs> and he said they were often the, the tougher, nastier. Yes. Maybe not nastier, but, you know, they were the more um, more like Sergeant Barnes type character. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they weren't open and friendly as much. No. But they might survive a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I guess it makes sense that perhaps the more liberal, yes. liberally minded ones would be the ones who would be the stoners. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They're the ones who are listening to the new type of music, like The Doors and Jefferson Airplane. Yes, in fact, we get White Rabbit, yes. which is the, the cue for, you know, well, or rather drugs. Drug taking is the cue for White Rabbit to go yeah. on by Jefferson Airplane. And also things like soul music. Uh, Oliver Stone says this is where he heard a lot of uh, music from African-Americans. Yeah. Whereas the the other lot were listening to country music, yes, which is... <laughs> which is much more a white Republican. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. Probably using the wrong terms, but... <laughs> or it could be seen as that uh, yeah. in, in this situation. Yeah. So in The Guns of Navarone, you said early on there's this scene where they become a group. You know, that's yeah. where they um, find the, the laundry boy outside listening to them. When, you know, yes. Yeah. This is the, the similar situation yeah. here. And in fact, do you know there's a, a cast link between Guns of Navarone and uh, Platoon? No. Uh, there's a character in the, the drugs den. There's a, right. There's a bloke sitting on a sort of throne of yes. sandbags. Yes, um, I, don't, I don't know if he's called King or something. He's Ra. Ra, that's Ra. it. Yeah. You later see him, he's got a staff with yeah. um, barbed wire at the end. Yeah. Wire, yeah. He is played by Francesco Quinn, yes. son of Anthony Quinn. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> right. I didn't know that, no. Yeah, no oh, I love yes. these little links. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got two 
sons of uh, yeah. war film veterans. Yes, <laughs> yes. But you notice how much this, you know, all Vietnam films, of course, use the music because it's so much a part of the times. Yes. And of course, all the people involved. This was their youth. That sort of yeah point where they're growing up, and your and you your tastes are you know you're opened up to new tastes and yeah. you find what you like. Yes. You know, so it must be such a obviously such a formative period anyway. But to be thrust into such a yeah an initiation of you know yes, of experience where, yeah where you might not come out alive or certainly you could come out badly scarred psychologically or yeah. physically yeah. So, yeah, you've got these two groups, and, and Charlie Sheen ends up with the stoners yes. and being introduced to drugs and yeah. all that kind of stuff, of which Sergeant Elias, Willem Dafoe, yeah. is in that camp. Yes. Tom Berger, Sergeant Barnes, is with the, the straights, yeah. and they're the Lieutenant Wolf. Yeah. He's, he tries to ingratiate... I mean, he's, he comes across throughout the film as, as kind of inept... Yeah, uh, not really into the war, but he's mm. he's in charge of the platoon, I guess. And yeah, there's a lieutenant. There's a quote somewhere that says the lieutenant's in charge, but sergeants run the platoon. Yes, yeah. and in fact, um, there's a scene where um, yeah. Sergeant Barnes gives out the orders quite unthinkingly. He yeah, just, just yes, does it, telling what, what to do. And as they walk off, the lieutenant says, "I think in front of the men, I should be giving the orders." But yeah. it's clear. And who's even in then, charge. Sergeant Barnes says, "Do you think or whatever?" Yeah. You know, as in. <laughs> <laughs> this feel he feels very much like someone who's come from college or from yes. officer training yeah. to the war, and he hasn't got the experience that the sergeants no. have. He's so he quite a clean authority. cut looking, and and in the two camps scene, you can see him trying to ingratiate himself with the soldiers, yeah. you know, making conversation. But he's not; he can't quite do it, can he? Yeah, he's he's not one of them. He's not in either camp. No, he ends up surviving, doesn't he? Um, I thought I, he's another one. I thought, oh, he's going to die, but I think. I don't think he gets killed in the film. Yeah, I mean, it's quite difficult to tell. It was only when I'd watched the film a few times that I noticed certain characters dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Johnny Depp's character later on um, gets shot. Oh, does he? Like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, you see. Um, yeah, no, I didn't notice yeah, that. Um, yeah. A lot of them do get <laughs> wiped out. But yeah, uh, yeah this uh, Lieutenant Wolf, I don't think does. Um, so, yeah, shall we go from there to the next sort of action they see? Yeah, I, mean, that, I think we. it's New Year's Day 1968 yes. is the next scene. They're out in the jungle, and again, Charlie Sheen's on point. And this is where they come across a a, a Viet Cong sort of bunker or hideout. Yeah, yeah. And it's right in front of Charlie Sheen's character, and he doesn't notice it, but uh, Sergeant Barnes does. Yes, and this is something I'd heard a lot about. And they are amazing, because you get Willem Dafoe goes in, he gets he, he goes into the dismounts tunnel. all his equipment, just with a pistol, Yeah, and down he goes quite <laughs> bravely. But these things were amazing, weren't they? They were... Warrens, um, yeah. Warrens of underground tunnels that went on. They had rooms. They went up and down. Oh, yeah, incredible. Imagine going down one of those, knowing that you'd be surrounded by enemy. You can't yeah. move much. Oh. That, it's just reminded me of a, a comic that I read, and I think I, I, this is quite a long time ago. But I think this is the story. It's about a man who comes back from Vietnam, and he has dreams that the they're tunneling after him. And I don't know if it actually happens or if it's part of the dream that. <clears throat> North Vietnamese soldiers come up through his room in America. They've been tunnelling after him all this time because he was sent down to the yeah. tunnels. It's a horror comic, of course. Yeah. Apparently they would have special people, tunnel rats. Yeah. For, um, so it wouldn't... The Americans. Yeah. yeah. Willem Dafoe's character wouldn't necessarily have done what he did, which is dived into the tunnel himself. They'd have got someone, a specialist. Oh, I see. In. But um, he said right. it, 
in a quick yeah. situation that he might have done there. I mean, this was actually a camp. There was the tunnel. Yeah. But around it, there was also a camp. There was washing lines. Yes, there yeah. was there was fires, and it's just been very quickly abandoned. Yeah. In fact, down in the tunnel, there's still um, there's a wounded. They've left a wounded man. Yeah. And there's another man which Rindafoe shoots. Yeah. Um, and of course, some of the soldiers find a box of plans and maps, mm. and this is obviously extremely valuable. And just really think, oh yeah, this is obviously important information, picks up the box and yeah. it's attached to a bomb. Of course, yeah, um, booby-trapped. Yeah. And his arms get blown off, don't they, both yeah. of them? That's quite a horrific scene. And one of them, one of their group goes missing, Manny, at this point, who was on guard in the, in the perimeter. So they go looking for him and they find him across a river, strung up. Oh yes, and, uh, you know I, I, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew I knew obviously they they find a man strung yeah. up. I yeah. didn't realise he was part of their platoon. Yes, yeah, that's Manny who because Charlie Sheen was put on, and and I think Manny was the other one. They were both yeah, just to put watch. on the perimeter to watch yeah. out while they're investigating the camp. Mm. All they find is a still smoking cigarette on the floor. Oh. But it's quite a while before they find him. Yeah, and the next thing they do is go onto the nearest village, and and now having seen Manny strung up. Yeah, they're um, all extremely angry. Yeah, there's really. a there's a air of revenge. Yes, um, which is quite dangerous for the villagers. Uh, now, this to me is like the archetypal Vietnam War film scene. Yeah, it's not a fight against enemy soldiers, but it's in a village where U.S. soldiers who are tested to the max, they don't necessarily have the sort of uh, extremely disciplined command. They're like a, a bunch of young blokes with guns. And they're on the edge of violence yeah. already, and and they start killing potential innocents. I mean, this must have happened in all wars. Yes. I mean, you've heard, we've heard about atrocities in World War One. Yeah. Especially from the Germans, you tend not to hear it so much about the Western Allies, although, I mean, maybe it didn't happen as much. Yeah. I don't know. But it must have also happened in World War Two, mm. um, especially for the victors or the ones with the power. Yes. Going into places, then you had things like. Abuse, torture, and killing of civilians, yeah. and rape yeah. of the women, um, and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So this happens in this is a kind of microcosm of yeah. that in this little village setting. Yeah. But of course, they find weapons. Yes. Now the, the North Vietnamese did hide. The villagers had no choice. Yes. <laughs> if they didn't hide them, because yeah, the North caught. Vietnamese tortured and killed yeah. their own people, yes. the, the villagers, and. The Americans did the same. There were war crimes on both sides. Mm. So these poor villagers get it from both sides. And it's, of course, extremely difficult for the American soldiers to tell. You know, there's a natural distrust from people who look differently. I mean, yeah. I know... It, yeah. You know, and no the, lang wants, the no language, one, of course. Yeah, no one wants to be racist, but it's difficult to... Sometimes it can be difficult to read the expression of someone who looks yeah. different from you. And, of like course, that. I mean, humanity is tribal. Yes. Whatever level it goes, yeah. from the family to your neighbourhood to your street to your town to your county, yeah. you know, your football team, your your country, your your so-called race, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's how humanity, unfortunately, works. Yeah. So of course you get these two very different communities come up against each other with no understanding of yeah. each other's culture or language. Yeah. We do have this is Johnny Depp's role. He's the translator. Yes. He speaks. Speaks Vietnamese. Yeah, but there's yes. Yeah, so there's a few atrocities here. We we've got. I already mentioned Charlie Sheen. He doesn't actually. Uh, he shoots at the feet. Yeah. Of now apparently this is um, it's difficult to notice, but apparently this Vietnamese man whose feet foot he shoots at is yeah. has got one leg. Uh, do you know? I th 
I didn't see that because you're right, it's difficult to notice, but I did think, oh, he's hopping. <laughs> yeah. And I think because, you know, he's got one eye slightly shut, it's difficult yeah. to tell if he, he might actually be not all there yes. mentally. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. And he's got his mother there. Of course, yeah. Uh, so obviously Charlie Sheen's character snaps, um, mm. but it's another slightly more psychotic character called... Um, Bunny, I think it's Bunny. Bunny, yes, yeah. who then goes in and... Who's played by... Matt Dillon's brother, Kevin Dillon. Oh, I sort of recognise him. I thought, <laughs> he's got the he Dillon look. look. Yeah, he's really young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just kills this Vietnamese with the butt of his rifle. Yeah, smashes his head in. And then there's a shot of the woman. I can't tell if she's dead or just in shock. No, I think she's in shock. Because right. I didn't see anything happen yeah. to her. And this is obviously a case of someone who's gone over completely onto the dark side. You know, yeah. he says, oh, did you see the way his head came apart? Mm. Completely objectifying. Yeah. This, Laughing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know, again, it's, it's probably that bit yeah. of his character that's cracked. Yeah, in, it's his way of dealing with it. It's almost like not not that it's an excuse by yeah. any means. <laughs> it's almost like a video gamer's reaction. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. But, there's there's another scene where Sergeant Barnes shoots just shoots a woman because because yeah. he won't give her the information he wants. Yeah. Never mind whether she knows it or not. The information that he expects to hear. Yeah, he's not getting. She's panicking, and scared, and he just turns around and shoots her. There's almost a feeling as though he's fed up of listening to her gabble. Yeah, well, and he just wants to shut her up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, these are just these aren't people mm. to him, um, and, and probably quite a few in war that happens, I guess. Yeah, um, and then he takes, I, I think, her daughter yeah. and puts a gun to her head. Yeah, to try and get him to talk. And that's where Sergeant Elias comes in from wherever yeah. he's been doing, sees this, and. Barnes and Elias have a bust-up. Yeah. <laughs> Good old fisticuffs. And this shows Elias' character. Yeah. So he has got the empathy. Yeah. Um, so they have this fight, and that is really... I mean, they would all they were already different characters yes. rubbing up against each other in their different ways. They, one was in each camp of the Stones or the Straits or whatever. Yeah. But this... Well, of course, Elias says he's going to report him. Mm. So that would mean a court-martial, because yeah. it's, it is murder and... Yeah. It seems it's always seems strange to me that you could have murder in the middle of a war, yes. but of course, as we said in uh, in the Guns of Navarone, you've got you know when the Germans capture soldiers, they say they don't shoot them, they say oh that's this is the, for you, the, the war is over, yeah. you know. Yes, yeah. um, there are there yeah. are rules not not by no means always kept to. Yeah, but it it does. Yeah, it, don't it, shoot, don't shoot civilians. Yeah. Take prisoners rather than just killing soldiers, for yes. instance. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems and, odd. And they have to, I mean, the Geneva Convention yeah. um, side of it, you have to treat them in a certain way as well. Yes. But then the uh, lieutenant steps in and rather than... He doesn't discipline Sergeant Barnes. He says, no, because he's scared of him. <laughs> yeah, he says, let's short torch the village. Yeah. Uh, which they do. I mean, yeah. apparently this was something they had instructions to do. If weapons were found, yeah. you mm. know, you treat... Uh, Despite treat the fact like, they probably had no choice. And yeah. Still, yeah. And, and there's another scene where Charlie Sheen, I don't know whether he's inspired by Elias, but I think it's just his yeah. true character. He stops the rape of a, yeah. of a of one of the village girls. Yeah. Which shows that even though he snapped earlier shooting at this bloke... I think he, that was a moment of... Over, yeah. of um, yeah, that, I mean, that was a moment of heightened fear in yeah. this village, and I think... Yeah. yeah. Apparently, both are things that Oliver Stone did. He did yeah. actually save um, someone from being raped. That that was the point in the film where I th- suddenly thought, God, I feel I feel guilty about enjoying Guns of Navarone <laughs> as just having a war film of some frivolous entertainment yeah. aspect. Obviously, that's it's fine to have that as well, but it did make me <laughs> it made me think, God, this is so different in so many ways. So yes, yeah, so Barnes is under a possible court martial, and um, so yeah, back at the camp, that's yeah. that's discussed. And there's a point where. 
Charlie Sheen and Sergeant Elias. And Elias says, he actually says, we're going to lose this war. Um, which kind of turned out to be true. Yeah, what happens next? This is something that Oliver Stone said they could never understand when they're actually in the situation. Is you'd go into a situation, clear it out, find information about you know some other base somewhere, but then you'd be yes. sent back to the place you'd just been, and maybe you'd lost men. And he said we could never understand why we were sent back to the same place, you know. Right. And so here they, I think they get into a, a they're sent back to clear out more uh, Viet Cong yes. bases in the same area. Just something about the Viet Cong were um, they were actually were in South Vietnam, and the, the, it was the North Vietnamese Army. The Viet Cong were the were communist oh, were un- underground resistance. Yeah, yeah, kind of resistance oh. fighters. So they were more the underground terrorist aspect oh. of it. Oh, so I mean, I, I I did find it difficult to know what to call the, the enemy. The NVA. Yeah, they call North Vietnam. Alliance or army, army yeah, yeah. I presume, I don't but know. But of course, a lot of there's a lot of racist slang as well. Yes. Used, um, yeah. But so I didn't want to use that. <laughs> well, next we basically get a big assault. Yes. This is the one where, oh, know, yes. where Barnes shoots Elias. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so they they get ambushed, That's and it, um, yeah. there seems to be a sudden change in Charlie Sheen now because one of the first things he does when the front men on point, I guess, get shot. That's Johnny Depp. Ah, right, yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, wondered, I couldn't tell who that was, because I actually thought it was Bunny at first. I yeah. thought he's rescued a guy from the other group, <laughs> and but then later he seemed fine. Anyway, yeah. so no, that was Johnny Tepp. He was so covered in mud. Yeah, and blood later. <laughs> but yeah, so Charlie Sheen, Taylor, Chris Taylor, first thing he does is he's crawling up to the front to try and rescue men, he's straight become, away. Yeah, he becomes a lot more heroic. Yeah, so I mean, maybe yeah. a bit more carefree. Yes. Um, perhaps he's lost a bit of care yeah, about his maybe, own life almost, yeah, I don't know. Decided not. But that's it's quite a, an heroic action. Yeah. Uh, so he saves... So is it Johnny Depp? That's the one he drags back, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. And then, of course, um, Charlie Sheen's character is taken away by Sergeant Elias to do some sort of action back into the fray. Yes, so... But he, then Elias it, says... They, get, they need three, he needs three men. Yeah. Because he's... There's some kind of thing... He says, I've seen this before, we're going to end up shooting each other... So he's got a plan, yeah. And Sergeant Barnes agrees with it. There's a bit of tension between them, but yeah. he agrees, and off they go. But then the lieutenant has decided to call in the heavy bombs. So they yeah. got to get out, yeah. and Barnes goes to find them, and he comes across Elias, who's yeah. who's doing his ninja. Yes, he's stripped <laughs> down again. He's running through the jungle, shooting uh, Vietnamese soldiers. Yeah, and then he there's a great scene. He comes out of the jungle, and Facing him is Barnes, yes. Elias and Barnes facing, and Elias does this smile. Yeah, oh, William Defoe's smile is something <laughs> different from another smile. It's, it's great. Yeah, and then his face drops. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, Barnes it's, shoots him. It's a difficult scene to read because it's such a an innocent smile. Yeah, it's such a, you know, it's yes. is he thinking? Oh, it's not a Vietnamese. It's one of you know, it's Sergeant yeah. Barnes. It's one of my men. Or is he thinking? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, he's not I, thinking. Oh, I, I was going to. My happen. my thing was my first impression was I'm enjoying the game. Yeah, we we yes, both we yeah. both understand this game. Yes, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's what wow. I got. And yeah. then he drops because Barnes yeah. doesn't respond. Not that yeah. I, he would ever smile in this film, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Barnes shoots again. him. Yeah, shoots. And everyone was withdrawn because the bombs mm. are coming. They get into the helicopters. Well, crucially, just before this, the, you say the lieutenant called in bombs. But he misreads the map and actually 
drops bombs on his own men. Right. Um, which is something uh, uh, Oliver Stone said that he had him... You see him with a map and a sort of protractor, and uh, these things are notoriously difficult to read, but it's like he's gone back to his college learning, and he's trying to do it, you know... Yes. Where are we? Oh, yeah, I'll get, get out my ruler, and you yeah. know, and he gets it wrong. Yes. And he bombs his own men. Yeah. But, um, which is inter- jumping ahead again. That's actually something they do deliberately yes. towards the end of the film, yeah, because the it's the only thing. way to get rid of the enemy, because they're they're completely among them. And this is a, a theme all the way through this film, is really, it's not so much about the platoon fighting the enemy, it's about the platoon fighting itself. Right. The army fighting itself, and of course, within each individual, we've got, we've seen, like, um, Charlie Sheen's character go over to the dark side, shooting mm. at, uh, but then uh, swaps back to the good side when he saves this woman from yeah. being raped, for instance. Yes. But uh, you sort of got, almost like two parent figures, you've got Elias and Barnes, mm. As the two ways that Charlie Sheen's character could go as a result of his experience. Right, yes, yeah. He could become desensitised and the killer, or yeah. he could become, you know, that he could become still a hero, but um, compassionate. Yes, a greater yeah. understanding. Of yeah. Him. I mean, at the end of the film, he says, we didn't fight the enemy, we fought ourselves. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's why, you, you, as you said earlier, you don't see the enemy except as a sort of shadowy presence. Mm. They're almost like... You know, it's yes. the enemy doesn't it's not matter. About them, yeah. We just dropped a bunch of young people in the jungle with some <laughs> guns, and they'll end up killing each other. <laughs> Lord of the Flies type. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's yeah. something I thought of. Well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, now, this is really the scene that I remembered from Platoon. Yes, that is very striking. So the heli, everyone's in the helicopters. They think Elias is dead, <clears> and they look down and they see him running. I mean, this sends a shiver oh. down your spine. Chased by yeah. the Vietnamese, <laughs> North Vietnamese. And they're just little figures, but there's this one lone man, and there's all these other figures. Yeah. Of course, he's, I mean, he's dead. They've, yeah. they've got him. And uh, we get Adagio for Strings, which is a theme throughout the yeah. uh, musical theme throughout the film, which has been dubbed the saddest music ever. <laughs> and it is. I mean, I think it was probably the first time I heard that music, um, or knowingly heard it, was yeah. in Platoon. And I remember thinking, wow, yeah. that music. And that scene, mm. um, I mean, the pathos and... Yeah. My God, it's emotionally charged to the hilt, isn't it? That joke of strings, I actually, I bought it quite a long time later, but I was, I was driving home from working as a cleaner at a, <laughs> a sports club where I used to work, and that came on. And uh, I was almost in tears just driving home from this music, because I was yeah. Radio 3, I think, and it came on. And I bought it after that. Yeah. I also bought some of it's by Samuel Barber. I also bought some of his songs. Yeah. Beautiful piece of music, mm. absolutely amazing. But anyway, used it's been used a lot. Yeah. Um, but used to in conjunction with these images is is really the when you say it was it was the the most memorable scene of yes, the film. Yes, definitely. I mean, obviously, it provides that the scene everyone knows of. Um, oh yes, William uh, Defoe with his arms. with arms up in the air, yeah. having just been shot. It's terrible because they're all up in the air in the helicopters. They can't land because of the soldiers down yeah. there. He's he's helpless. Yeah. Um, and crucially, of course, earlier Charlie Sheen's character meets Sergeant Barnes, and Sergeant Barnes says, "I found Elias. He's dead." Yes. Of Charlie course. Sheen's, say that. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen's character thinks because he's looking. Should for I him. go and get him? Yeah. Because he's obviously attached to Sergeant Elias at this point. Yeah. But then he doesn't. Mm. And because then we see Sergeant Elias living, mm. we now know, Charlie Sheen knows that Sergeant Barn killed him. Yeah. He probably had an idea before, but... Uh, yes. 
And so then we get back at base. We've got the the platoon, and it's two, di- you know, divided up into stoners and and I can't remember what we call the other people. The drinkers. Yes. I'd like to them stoners <laughs> and straights. <laughs> and uh, the stoners are discussing what they should do about Sergeant Barnes. And yeah, it's prompted by Charlie Sheen saying, "Let's." I mean, basically, let's let's get him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They're saying should we kill him? This is where they point out that Sergeant Barnes has been shot seven times and he's still not dead. Yeah, so. does, does that tell you something? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Barnes is just yeah, outside, Barnes is just outside drinking. drinking, and so he hears, and he, rather than taking it to a court-martial as he probably could, <laughs> he decides to settle it, matters there. Yeah. Turns out he's got a sort of stab knife in his... Uh... Yes. Well, he, firstly, he Shoot. says, you know, go on and kill me, and no one does, because they all know that he's... Yeah. A, I mean, he is such an imposing figure. Yeah, yeah. And Charlie Sheen's character breaks and starts yep. beating his head against the pole. Yeah, but not for long. <laughs> yeah, oh, this man is such a, a much more experienced fighter, not just with a gun, but uh, you know, a street fighter yeah. type. That he uh, turns turns uh, turns on him with this stab knife, about to kill him. Yeah, and then Francesco Quinn is the character who steps in and says, "Yes, you'll go to prison for this." You yeah, know, don't, you don't, do it, do don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, and talks him down. So to escape from reality? Me, I don't need this shit. I am reality. There's the way it ought to be. There's the way it is. Vice is full of shit. Vice was a crusader. Now, I got no fight with any man that does what he's told. But when he don't, the machine breaks down. And when the machine breaks down, we break down. And I ain't going to allow that. Many of you. Not one. You all love lies. Uh, you want kick ass. Yeah. Well, here I am. All by my lonesome. And ain't nobody going to know. Six you boys against me. Kill me. Then we come to this kind of last big scene, don't we? The big fight. And yeah. It's a scene where... They know, I think this is right, the North Vietnamese army are coming yeah. in numbers and they're preparing and there's various foxholes they're digging. I mean, it all seems very inadequate. The soldiers complaining that, yeah. you know, foxhole there, foxhole there. The army can just come right through between us. What's yeah. it going to do? You've got Junior. Now, I don't know if he was deliberately spraying his feet with sort of bug spray or something. but apparently, Or it, it, was he doing it on purpose? Yeah, apparently to... if you... Mosquito repellent. Yeah. This is something uh, I think the, uh, the military advisor said on his commentary. That would have a, a certain effect on the skin. And if you did constantly apply it to your feet, they would become really tender. Right. And of course, he, he says at the beginning, this is one thing you've got to really take care of a soldier's feet. Yes. Um, yeah. Something he did with the actors, made sure they had really good boots, you know, yeah. and that their feet were always well cared for. Yeah. So in a way, it was like, you know, shooting yourself in the foot right. as a way of getting out of the war. Right, right. Uh, yeah. But then uh, he was threatened by Barnes. Um, I can't remember the threat now, but he had he had no choice yeah. but to, yeah. to stay. And this is also the one where, um, I think it's Red, the character Red, yeah, um, he says, oh, I've got to leave in three days. Yeah. I've got a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. He asked Barnes to let him go now, which of course he would never do. Yeah. There's another character who does get his, yes. his he, um, leave. Suddenly he gets, well, he's, leave, he's obviously been sent out to this on this uh, on this mission, but then he's told, oh no, your 365 days is up. And yeah. He goes, uh, he says, all you've got to do is make it out of here, all the rest is gravy. As in, the rest <laughs> of his life, every day will be 
a free day, right? You know? Yes, because yeah. it's made it out of this horrible place. Yeah, yeah, that must be an amazing feeling. Actually. Yeah, I did think at that point in the film, I thought, yo, he's so happy, his helicopter's probably going to get shot down or something. Yes. That'd be <laughs> but, <laughs> That's uh, what you're but no, he, yeah. he happily made it out. Yeah. So yeah, Charlie Sheen's character get uh, gets down into a foxhole with. <laughs> this is a character. I don't think he's really introduced before, but the actor he's with is in fact the lead singer for Living Colour. Really? <laughs> rock group, yes. That's amazing. I, that's yeah. a great fact. Didn't know that. Yeah. Living Later. Yes, yeah. yeah. He yeah. Was, uh, right, I think okay. that was sort of like the end of the 80s, yeah. maybe the 90s. Oh, fantastic. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're told to sit in there and wait for the enemy to come along. Yeah. And this is also, we get um, to see Oliver Stone on, on screen. As, oh, yes, yes, as commander. Um, yes, yeah, I think it's actually during the attack, isn't it? Yeah. He gets killed when a Vietnamese suicide yeah. bomber runs in. Which I in. guess must have happened. Yeah. And I presume he knew exactly, he was going for the high command of the operation there, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, he knew, just ran he in thought the director's in there. I'm going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, all hell breaks loose, mm. doesn't it? Yes, it's a night attack. Yeah, just to add to the the chaos and all the coming. And Chris Taylor, Charlie Sheen, again, kind of proves himself. This would be surely some medal of valor. Yeah, for what he does, he gets him and his drags his partner out the foxhole because yeah. he realizes they're about to fire. Um, uh, rocket launcher at yes, it, yeah. and then as they run back, he's killing, he's shooting. Oh, before that, he has the presence of mind to charge the um, is it the claymores. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some sort of um, the trip. What the yeah. the bombs? Off, you, know, you have to do three hits of it to yeah. to detonate yeah. it. So that does good, and then he's shooting. He's back in the foxhole. I mean, he basically saves his yeah. foxhole partner, the living color. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, living color wouldn't have happened otherwise. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I mean, some quite good heroics from yeah. him. Uh, adversely, from the straits, we get Red hides himself under a dead body. Yes, yeah. Um, and he does actually survive. Yeah. And um, although, at the just skipping ahead, yeah. at the end, he wants to go home, but he's told no, he's on another patrol out yeah. into the enemy. Yeah. So we don't know. He's got such a great expression for the person yes. who thinks that he's just on the verge of being let home, but yeah. is not being allowed to. You know, it's utter... Is Comical it, despair. That's John McGinley, I think. Oh, isn't is it? it? Right, yeah. A lot of these actors were also in Born on the Fourth of July. So oh. he was Mark Moses, who was Lieutenant Wolf. Forrest Whitaker was in Good Morning Vietnam. Charlie Sheen was considered for the lead of Born on the Fourth of July. Right, right. Born on the Fourth of July, uh, but it went to Tom Cruise, of course. Mm. Willem Dafoe and Tom Berenger were both in Born right, on the Fourth right. of July as well. Yeah. So. Um, yes, yeah, so absolute chaos. This is where the captain calls an attack on his own perimeter. Yes, uh, intentionally. Yeah, uh, the captain being being Captain Harris, they'll die. The who's the, the guy we've already advisor. talked about, the yes. yeah. because they're inundated with the enemy. They've mm. got into the camp. There's just a big mix, and he, he sees there's no choice. Yeah, come and bomb us. It's the only way to do yeah. it. Yeah. So of course, amazing step to take. Yeah, and there's this scene where Tom Berenger is a. I presume yes. about to kill Charlie Sheen. Yes. Uh, I don't. We is he don't... just battle crazed, or is he? Does he know that Charlie Sheen? Know. Well, obviously he knows Charlie Sheen suspects he killed. Yeah. So there's this so... chance to get rid of him. So I presume yeah. he's going to kill him. Yeah. And then this jet comes overhead, and his yeah. eye goes red. Yeah. From the what the laser sight, or no, yeah. it can't be. Um, just from the light. Blast of it's... napalm or whatever. Well, yeah. no, that. Yeah, I mean, it's not napalm, but anyway, bomb lands. Yeah. And uh, and then in the morning, yes, Charlie Sheen is wandering around. You know, he wakes up realizing rather barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and he spots Berenger crawling 
And uh, Brenda says, you know... Get a medic. Yeah. And then he sees it. He's not going to. He says, okay, do it. Yeah. Do it. And he does. Yeah. He, Charlie Sheen shoots him. I think he should have made sure he's dead after the Elias. <laughs> he didn't really. Yes. Because he said, he says, oh, he's dead. Yeah. But he can go over and check. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a shocking moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. At, at that point, I really didn't know what he was going to do. Even though... I mean, if you think oh. back to the beginning of the film when he steps off the plane all fresh-faced. Yeah. And then you juxtapose that that moment with the one where he ends up killing his own sergeant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What a, that's a journey, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. There's a bit in the morning where you just see a deer. Yes. There's this there's this sudden slight moment of after all that carnage and there's a, a deer. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing, in the commentary from um, Captain Harris, uh, Dale Dye, yeah. he said the most difficult fight he ever had was with that deer oh, really? <laughs> trying to keep it standing still <laughs> he said he's you know obviously he's been in wars he said but this thing just kicked and struggled but it looks quite placid in the film there's another moment in the aftermath of that battle where Sheen's foxhole partner i think it's francis actually his name he realizes he's survived and obviously thinks i'm not going to do this again and just stabs, stabs himself, himself in, in the, the leg. leg yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, a, another harrowing scene in the aftermath where they're just there's a bulldozer just bulldozing mm. bodies into the uh, yeah the last time I saw footage like that was was you know at, at Camp Belson or something yes, and the yeah. concentration camps of the Nazis pretty shocking but again yeah. I mean you can trust everything in this film is something that is from Oliver Stone's yeah. experience apparently they did have a policy of never leaving a body. Right. I mean, um, maybe that was just Viet. I didn't. I yeah. can't remember if it was just Vietnamese oh, no, bodies. Yeah, but I mean, for instance, Sergeant Elias is even when he was killed. You know, they would have tried to get yeah. his body. Obviously, that well, was even a today, situation. there's a repatriation project. Oh, They're right. still finding bodies yeah. in Vietnam and 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 even World War Two. There's mm. there is a project to find these. Yeah. Soldiers and bring Soul them back. Story, yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, the British don't do that. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't know if policies change, but they certainly. There's graveyards, certainly from the 19th century, yeah. graveyards all over the world of mm. British soldiers, you know, wherever yeah. we've been. So re- next, really, we see um, Charlie Sheen going out on a stretcher. Yes, and with friend. a smile on his face. Yeah. <laughs> he's out. Bit of a shock smile. Because it's his second. Yeah, it's not. that's he's... where he says, you've been wounded twice, yeah, yeah. Isn't, that's it for us. Yeah, and, so. the, and his little smile for his partner who stabbed himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's off as well. Yeah. One thing Oliver Stone said in his commentary is when he got back from the war, um, later on, he'd look at histories of the... Because th- that final fight was based on an actual event. Right. Where they were faced by huge numbers uh, of okay. Vietnamese. He right. said he went through histories of Vietnam and he found it wasn't mentioned, this last that, fight, which he assumed had been a major yes. part of... You know, it was just not part of the histories of the Vietnamese war. Yeah. Uh, it shows that you could have been in a, a, a major combat, or certainly a terrible combat, and it wasn't necessarily a key one. You know? Yeah. Well, I think we've come to the end of the plot, and I think we've said quite a lot about the film there. Did you enjoy the film? or? Yeah, I must say, the first time watching it, I didn't remember had... anything about it, so I yeah. sat down and watched it. So, you, Sorry, I was going to say, you had seen it before. I think I had, but a long yeah. time ago, yeah. enough that I couldn't remember what happened. Right. And at first I thought, well, where's this going? There doesn't seem to be a story. It's basically just his experience. Yeah. And the story only really kicks in 
you know, when you get the Sergeant Barnes, Sergeant Elias yes. thing in the middle. Yeah. Right? So at first I was a bit unsure, but now looking back on it, I think it's a really good film. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I was, I'd seen it once before a long time ago. As I said, I really included this because we needed a Vietnam film. Yeah. Um, I didn't choose Full Metal Jacket because we already had a Stanley Kubrick. Um, and perhaps because I was slightly more unfamiliar with this, I think I'd probably seen Full Metal Jacket a couple of times. <laughs> And yeah, I've, my appreciation for this film mm. has definitely grown and kind of earned its place on a on a favourites list. I think it appears on a lot of <clears throat> films. Like I think Channel Four said something like I can't remember the number. It's the sixth or the ninth best war film ever. Yeah, I think it was the sixth. And uh, Roger Ebert said it's the ninth best film of the nineteen eighties, something like that. Yeah. So it's a it's a highly respected film, and and even today it's very good. Definitely. Mm. So yeah, very much enjoyed it. It's such it. a contrast to Guns of Navarro, yes. which is all the heroic vision and on a mission, a specific mission. Yeah. This is much more a personal experience of what a soldier would have gone through. Yes. Hey. So what's the next film we're covering? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the look of fear in your eyes. <laughs> I was thinking about whether to look or not. So yeah. the next one we're doing is the Stanley Kubrick yeah. film, Paths of Glory. Glory. So yes. that will be... We're going to back to the First World War for this. In yeah. fact, I think it's the only First World, World War film we've got, so that would be very interesting. Yes. So thank you for listening to our podcast about Oliver Stone's Platoon. Yeah. Please leave comments on the blog or let us know what you thought on Twitter. There'll be links on our blog. And see you for the next War Films podcast. Yes. Bye.